Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hi folks, Ben here. Just a quick note, particularly for an episode that has us looking back at how much we've changed over our years of doing this, One thing that apparently hasn't changed is the occasional technical difficulty. There was an issue with our audio files that meant we've had to edit the episode using our backups, which is why we sound a little echoey. Thanks for listening and enjoy the discussion. You're listening to Queers, a podcast about politics and culture with Simon Copland and Benjamin Riley. I don't want to listen to this. I literally have not listened to it in so long. No, neither have I. Been almost three years. Yeah, yeah. I know I put that in the script. Oh, we okay. started it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I should. Uh, That's fine. It's really small, so I it's like. Just move this a little further down. I think I'm... It's just like funny looking back through some of the episode titles and being like, literally can't remember what that is. Yeah, yeah, same. I, I, I was doing that while you were in I'm the like, But I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm hitting play. And welcome to Queers. What's up? How are you, Statement? Oh my god, I feel like it's mixed so far to the left and the right. Yeah, yeah. Like you can. It's me early playing with Audacity. Ooh, left and right channels. And we can already. Oh my god, what have I done? Are you playing it twice now? Actually, I'm skipping around. I was going to, like, cut, skip to the middle and we could, like, listen to some actual discussion bits. No, but if we do that, it won't be... It won't be discussion, but it'll be, like, one person talking and then the next person talking. <laughs> well, let's find out. And I'm just clicking on a random spot. This just sounds like... You know, I love yeah. something you said. <laughs> That's interaction. But... What is that noise? Oh, this was that when was I had the, the popping, the popping mic. Oh my god. Yeah. I think probably before I'd learned how to fix it. 
Now that I hear it, it's awful. No, imagine that in your headphones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the David Bowie episode. Yeah, well, that's true. I suppose it's... I thought about this a lot. Saying these kinds of things about it. I mean, it's just weird to think that we, like, didn't actually really know each other. Yeah, yeah. I think what, we met like two or three times before this, maybe yeah, even less. That's right. We did those like early practice runs. Yeah. But we'd like physically met like once oh, or yeah, twice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, make a stop. Yeah, now. No more. yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you want to listen to our first episode, you can go back to it on our website. Uh, you can. It's all. Uh, it's it's all there. Um, uh, maybe it shouldn't be. <laughs> the 23rd of November 2018. I'm Benjamin Riley. And I'm Simon Copland. Welcome to Queers. Each episode we talk our way through questions on a theme and this week on our 50th episode, it's insane that it's our 50th episode, we're doing a bit of a reflection on how far we've come in the last almost three years, which is insane. I know, it's nuts. And it's nice to see you in the flesh, Ben. We're, totally, we should we should say that. We're sitting, we're, we're at Deakin University in, in Melbourne? Uh, uh, yep, in, in, in Deakin University in Melbourne CBD. I am here, I'm in town for a, I'm neither of us live in Melbourne, yep. I'm in town for a, uh, a conference um, that we're currently at, kind of sneaking out into a meeting room. We just got kicked out of one meeting room. We've snuck into another one. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get through this and some you've been here for a conference yeah as well. yeah i was here for a conference uh what it's it's friday today and i was here for a conference from monday to thursday the um, big sociological conference and i'm exhausted because conferences are exhausting and oh my god they're I was, exhausting i was thinking about coming to this conference and i feel kind of bad that i'm not here but i also decided on sleep yeah i just think you know there's only so long that you can sit in a room listening to people give papers oh after god, papers totally after papers. And i just and feel I like of it, so I just feel like most academics are not great public speakers. Some of them are very good. Yeah, yeah. But lots of them literally Thank just you read for pointing out. Thank you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. Um, <laughs> some of them have... have uh, yeah, some have, of them are terrible. Good, I, I, oh have, I have seen some terrible, terrible academic papers. Oh, my And God. when you, like, know that the research is really interesting, but, yeah, anyway. Yeah. That's... Uh, so frustrating. So it's, frustrating. It's really, um, it's really yeah, irritating. I, and, and it's often, for me, it's the... And this, I think, happened at this conference. Or this, uh, there's often... It's like a mix where sometimes it's even the really high-profile ones that are the that you expect to be the best, the famous ones that end up being having the, the worst presentation skills. And I wonder yeah. if it's because they they they're at the stage where they just don't care anymore. They don't mm. feel like they need to perform to get anywhere. I don't know. I also feel like you know, and this is me being super cynical and not having really been in ac- academia for quite some time. Um, I feel like there's a lot of like emperor's new clothes type stuff that happens in academia, though, where like you come in as a bit of an outsider and go. There are all these things that you like. Why the fuck do people do things this way? Yeah, absolutely. And no one talks about it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, what is happening? Like, it's very steeped in convention. Or yeah, yeah. But I think that what's interesting to me is if you talk to academics about it, they all hate it, or they yeah. often hate it. But yeah. then, they, but then continue to do it and continue to perpetuate it. And I, it's a, it's a, it's a little, it's a little, uh, um, little rant or, or or feeling that I have about academia, where you have this collective of people who hate the systems yet are still will continue to participate in them because. It's the only way to survive. Uh, yes, so. well, it's, you know, at, at, at the vanguard of neoliberalism, pitting, yeah. pitting individuals against other individuals. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, you've got to, you've got to do that. Collective action is very difficult within uh, 
the university system. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, and it, anyway, we've been, you know, I think it should be, we should, uh, you know, it's our 50th episode. I keep going to say 50th anniversary, but that would be <laughs> like a lot of episodes. That would, um, well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh, our 50th episode, but I think we should also maybe give a bit of an apology because it's probably taken us about two months it has, longer than This is expected. the longest break that we've had since we started recording. And I think it's, it's partly because we've both had a lot on... Um, I've been overseas twice since our last kind yes, of proper episode. I was like, what was the second trip? You went to New Zealand as well. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going, I'm going overseas again in like a week. It's just like been a very busy few months. You were overseas. Yep. Um, we've both been very busy. But but that, that feels like forever ago for me, being overseas. Which, because it, it was. It was, yeah, it was yeah, in late yeah. September. Yeah. And we recorded our last episode before I went overseas. What are we now? Late, yeah, late, late November. November. Yeah, yeah two it's, months. it's over two months, yeah. Um, yeah, whereas I only got back like a, a month ago. Um, but it just kept trying, but it's kept failing. In terms uh, of yeah, I know. And I feel like we're, you know, maybe if it had been a year ago or 18 months ago, we would have been like, we've got to do it, we've got to do it. But I think both of you now are much, both of you, <laughs> both of us. Uh, I'm not the only tired one. <laughs> both of you, indeed. Uh, both of us now are just much better at being like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, this is a project that we do, we don't get paid for. Like, we want it to be good. Let's not rush. There's like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. No reason except our own expectations for rushing this stuff out. Yeah. And I think... The, I mean, maybe that's the good time to introduce the exciting news we have. Yes, yes. So so the other thing we wanted to do uh, is to take this as an opportunity to uh, finally, we've been talking about it for a long time, but launch our Patreon. Um, so uh, for people who are unfamiliar with Patreon, it's a, a website that allows people to... Um, subscribe basically to creators that they uh, that they want to support to give a, a, a specified amount of money, however they however much they want, essentially um, per month or per episode. I think our page is set up on a monthly mm-hmm. uh, basis uh, to you know like primarily it's, it's obviously about su- supporting the creators, but it, there are also kind of rewards that you get access to. Uh, so, Simon, do you maybe want to talk a bit about, about that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, if you subscribe to our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash queers podcast, uh, you can uh, donate a monthly amount to the podcast. And, you know, as we just said before, this is something that we've been doing for three years now that has uh, happened, you know, we've done it off our own volunteer time and off mm-hmm. our own steam. Um, but it does actually cost money to do it, uh, you know, in terms of equipment, in terms of time, in terms of labor, hour, uh, labor time. Uh, there's a whole bunch of um, resources that we're putting into this. So what we'd love is uh, we, we want to create a bit of a community of, of both support, but also a community that can discuss the topics that we're talking about mm, on this podcast. Yeah. If you go to the Patreon website, uh, you can have a look at the different levels that you can donate. It goes from $5, sorry, $1 a month up to, uh, I think it's $50 a month. And with each one, there is a different sort of reward you get. So we've got bonus episodes that we'll be producing on sort of uh, sort of current topics of the day. Mm. We'll have the opportunity to suggest topics that we want to discuss. And also, uh, we're going to be doing some more sort of online discussions with Patreon, with with. Patreons, it is, isn't it? Patreon subscribers. Patreon subscribers, um, where you know you can we can have have a discussion about the topics, sort of one to one, or as a group um, around these sorts of stuff. So yeah. depending on the level of what your donation is, um, there's different different levels there. So you can go and check that out at patreon.com forward slash queers podcast. Uh, and we'd really appreciate your support, but also this is about sort of building the community as well. So I think that that's a, a, you know what we want to do. We've we've sort of had a lot of really great feedback on the Facebook page and the Twitter page, uh, and this is sort of the next level of that engagement. Yeah, I think it it sort of solves uh, a, a couple of 
problems you know in a kind of quite elegant way as well one of the things that we've talked about a lot is that the episodes have been just getting longer and longer and longer which is something that we have have wanted to avoid just to keep the podcast relatively accessible yeah yeah um and so part of what we are hoping to do uh is to move uh some of the uh, listener questions and perhaps kind of newsier discussion topics into the Patreon bonus episodes to, to keep the main podcast, uh, about a discussion of a single topic to kind of keep the, uh, the running time of each episode down a little bit. So, uh, hopefully that will help that there. Uh, yeah, but also so. it's about like supporting us in doing this work and, 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 you know, that helping us with the equipment yes. and all that kind of stuff. We both have, uh, sort of, we're not the, the richest folks, but uh, we need to, you know, it's about supporting the work that we do. And hopefully, uh, you know, if you enjoy the podcast, it'd be really great if you could support us in, in, in allowing to keep happening so that we can uh, sort of step it up another level and, and keep this going on and um, keep these conversations happening. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, uh, I completely agree. So it's our 50th episode. Queers has been going for almost three years now, uh, and today it's, you know, it's a significant milestone, so we wanted to do a little bit of a reflection and celebration. Mm. Uh, and this is obviously a good opportunity to do that. Uh, we've covered a pretty wide range of topics over the last three years. I've been looking through the episodes, and I was saying to Simon earlier, like I'm just like, I literally cannot remember recording that. So clearly a diverse output. Uh, looking from what it means to be part of a queer community to whether consent is a, a useful framework to for dealing with sexual assault. So quite a lot of diversity there. Um, so today what we want to do is, you know, look back, have a think about what we've learned and maybe what we've, what has changed in our own mindsets. Also look back onto maybe some of the big events that have happened in the past three years while we've been recording this podcast. I mean, let's just get started. Um, ben, I mean, look back. You said you've been looking back through the episodes. You know, we've had a little bit of a look back at myself as well. You know, what is one thing, maybe one discussion that you think has really changed your perspective on something or something that has really had that light bulb moment for you or, or, or what, you know, something along those lines? I mean, there are quite a quite a few, and it, it's it's really my favourite thing about doing this podcast. And you know, I hope like I'm I'm sort of wary of this this episode and this discussion becoming um, uh, overly masturbatory. Uh, so so I hope that that this is also a kind of reflection on what it means to be queer thinkers and 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 what it means to kind of to to change the way that we think in in a, in a broader sense and in, in terms of our own experience not just what what episodes we've we done that we liked although i think that you know that that will be part of it as well uh when i the first episode that that jumps into my head and the first discussion we had that uh that i think has just continued to be really influential on my thinking in a particular area is episode 17 uh which was called the coming out trick the the discussion we had on on coming out and i think we, it was a it was a pretty kind of wide ranging uh discussion that that started from a, a point we came to in an earlier episode actually that i also really liked a two-parter we did across episodes 10 and 11 uh, about what kind of binds us together as queer people and in, in that discussion we'd, we'd come to this idea that, that coming out is is in one way or another like a a, an, a near universal queer experience and that that the the um, non-normativity of queerness necessitates that uh, and I think what the uh, episode 17 discussion really crystallized for me we had a discussion about what it means to come out within neoliberalism yep, what yep. it means to to come out into some abstract notion of you know quote-unquote gay without a material context to support that 
so, so and that kind of links in with one of our later episodes, or latest episodes. I mean, uh, when we discussed with discussed Nanette and talking about the role of storytelling in the queer experience of, or the increasing role of storytelling and sort of the neoliberal queer experience of the requirement to have some sort of identity that you and that that the the story you tell about your identity is an essential part of that, uh, and it sort of is divorced often from a. Uh, from a from a material experience, it's about telling the story of your identity of some form, and I think that that links in very strongly with this sort of coming out discourse. It reminds me a little bit when we went uh, and saw queer queer stories together um, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Sydney, and we were having a conversation about afterwards. And I think you reflected that the stories that you enjoy more were stories about people doing things rather than stories about people saying about who they are or talking about their identity as the yeah, story. Yeah. And yep. I think that that sort of what you're talking about, the sort of neoliberal coming out experience is something that it kind of links in with that quite nicely. Mm, yes, yeah, I'd say that's true. I mean, it's nice to kind of see that these discussions that we have and, you know, they're informed by discussions that we have with people around us are not... Uh, that they, they grow and have changed over, over the past few years. You know, this, we, are, we are creating or not, not even creating, participating in a continuity of, of thought um, that I, that's a really kind of wanky way to say this, but, but uh, I think it captures something quite nice I thought about... you said you, you didn't want this to be masturbated. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, well, you know, that was always going to happen. Um, you know, like, I think, I think, that's, I think that's a lovely uh, a lovely idea. You know, we're not just kind of, you know, dropping these little things out there. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I've really appreciated about the discussions that we've had and the discussions, I mean, and increasingly the discussions that are happening on the... On, on Twitter, when I have as much energy as I can to keep tweeting, and on the Facebook page, when and particularly some of the more controversial stuff I posted on the Facebook page, uh, has been the capacity to see this happening as a discussion rather than as a a requirement for uh, an endpoint. And I think that's something we started off with very strongly at the start. And I actually think, even you know, I don't want to talk, I don't want to sort of you know wank on about uh, what we're doing or talk you know <laughs> talk about like how how great our, st- our approach is, but I think it's an important political point. Um, particularly in the current age where, you know, everyone talks about sort of increasing polarisation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think it's actually really relevant in queer politics where there is a, um, what I see as being a sort of, the, you know, and we've discussed this in the podcast, a sort of right and wrong answer increasingly so being, you know, being, you know, that you... Uh, we see a politics that suggests that, that there's a right and wrong answer around what is what is what makes a good queer, what what is bigotry, what is you know homophobia, mm, all of these mm. kinds of things, uh, and that if you fall on the wrong side of that, you're sort of cancelled in the in, in yeah, social media totally. speak. Well, I think it goes to the idea that uh, you know I absolutely see this as a as a a political project. You know, like mm. it, like it's a it's a kind of media product in in to put it in really gross terms as well, but. Uh, you know, I think we are doing our politics through this as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's a really important part for me because it's it, that is th- that is something I react very strongly against the the sort of you know hard lined mm, yeah, you know, and too. it's something that within my within my research and my uh, my PhD that I'm you know I'm working on very strongly as well as sort of thinking about how can we create a sort of discourse that is not so black and white that has the capacity for nuance, that has the capacity for thinking about reasons why people come to particular positions that they do um, or why someone might end up to be being quote-unquote bigoted or sexist or homophobic and, and what does that look like. Uh, and I think that that is actually an important part of 
changing perspectives of people that we want to change or engaging in discourse that uh, that looks to change people's minds. I think it's an important part as a political project to, you know, working on sort of mm. uh, a form of queer liberation means that we can't just shut out a bunch of people who we don't like anymore. Um, and, you know, so to, to, to have a... To, to engage in discussion, uh, I mean, I think it works well that we're, you know, similar in many ways, but we're also different in, in, in lots of ways in our approach, uh, means that we can sort of find our similarities and, and have our disagreements at points of time. Yes, and I think yeah. that we're finding that with the with the social media engagement too, is that, you know, seeing people where we have disagreements and we can also agree at particular points of time is really interesting and a useful part of this project, I hope. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, uh, well, how about you to kind of turn the question back on you? Can you think of a particular discussion that that has um, that continues to resonate with you? Yeah, I, I haven't got a specific episode. I think it's one point that has come across multiple times. Actually, it probably started off with, uh, let me just find the episode. The episode where we initially spoke about... Um, about RuPaul's Drag Race. It was one of our first episodes right at the start uh, where we decided we wanted to have a discussion about RuPaul's Drag Race and we were talking about mm. the things that, that we... episode like eight or nine? Yeah, something along yeah. those lines. Sorry, I was just having a look for it. Slightly later. Um, I think it's slightly later. Yeah, episode 15. Episode oh, okay, 15, cool. Camp yeah. Queers, where we, we wanted to talk about... I think that what we were talking about there was how um, the celebration of camp culture and talking about... Uh, things that we like about being queer and one of the things that I mentioned in that episode was how uh, what I love about RuPaul's Drag Race was the sort of Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The, the notion of family that was existed around that. And I think you reacted very strongly oh, against that, <laughs> uh, which right. is totally fine. Like, and I think that that, but it actually has made me think very clear, like a lot about the notion of a, what, is, what is a queer community? Um, is there such a thing as a queer community? What is this, you know, this idea of queers making their own family? What does that look like? And who does it leave out and who does it leave in? Because I think it's such a, a sort of a mantra almost of, of, of a particular form of queer politics, particularly the sort of, queer politics that RuPaul engages in very strongly. Mm. And it's Which I would argue, again, is, is quite a neoliberal politics. Yeah, yeah. And I sort of, and again, we touched back on this uh, later down the track when we dealt with the latest, the latest season of, um, we dealt with the latest season of RuPaul's Drag Race and uh, the sort of treatment of the vixen, the character, uh, not the character, the, the drag queen, the vixen, who sort of, in one of the last episodes, in the reunion episode, ended up walking out and RuPaul was sort of like, you know, well, she, you know, that's what she's decided to do. We can't mm. do anything to help her. And it sort of really it sort of reinforced this uh, critical element we have to take to this idea of, of queers being a family for me when it's sort of framed in that neoliberal lens. Mm. And I think that that notion, and this is something I think we touch on over and over again, and there's probably multiple episodes where we've done this, the notion of the, the sort of queer family or the queer community and how that is... In particularly in the neoliberal world is a sort of thing that we're almost being sold but it's not a thing that exists in reality for many people 
um, I think has been an important part of discussion that, that I've had that, that has made me think very more clearly when I think about, you know, using that, using those terms, what does it actually mean? Um, and, you know, how we should engage with that critically. Hmm. Yeah, cool. Um, I mean, there are, there are certainly like plenty, I find, you know, the, the, the places where our differences kind of come out are often around, uh, I think I can be a lot more cautious than, oh, than, absolutely. than you. Uh, I am not a cautious person, no, strangely enough. No, but but I think that that uh, actually kind of works quite well, and I think you've pushed me to, to be a little more, um, I wouldn't say strident, but I guess stick to my guns a little more, good, which, is, which has been really nice, particularly around uh, anti-capitalist critiques. I think sometimes I can, and this is partly motivated by by the kind of fears that you were touching on earlier about being cancelled on the internet, uh, can sometimes, uh, pander's not the right word, that's, that's a bit insulting, but, um, uh, be overly wary perhaps of, of, uh, perceived, um, cr critiques coming from yeah, those identity absolutely. And I mean, places. this is a discussion that we've had multiple times often less less on the podcast but actually outside the podcast we've been discussing topics totally you know, i think particularly we, early on yeah, like yeah. We, we would have really kind of much more strong disagreements than, than we would have now because i think now we probably both feel well no let me rephrase that now i probably feel much more comfortable to have those sorts of discussions i mean online. you know you say that but i you know I th you know i think it's important to note that yeah maybe i'm less cautious than you in many ways but i do also have those same sort of feelings and those same sort of fears yeah yeah um, i've just yeah I, I feel maybe i'm sort of like i've still have them and there's still things that i want to say sometimes that i don't say because of fears of what what the repercussions of that could be uh, and i think that that's a real you know but i think it's an important discussion to have because i think that's actually a real worry that i have with not with identity politics uh in general uh of this idea that yeah you say the wrong thing you're cancelled um you're sort of uh, you're out and that that is such a useless politics to me it's such it just achieves literally nothing. totally it's so unproductive yeah it's yeah. so unproductive you know and and I, and I frequently look at identity politics you know the, that form of identity politics um and and I kind of say, well, what are these people trying to achieve? And I, I frequently sort of answer by saying, actually, I don't think they want to achieve anything except for feeling good. Yeah, I don't themselves. think they know. Yeah, know. Um, um, and and so I think linking in the capacity to have those discussions and for us to have discussions about what we do, what we are fearful of talking about. And I mean, even think about our last episode that we did, which was about consent. And mm, I know we had yes. some discussions about how we would engage with that conversation about consent being two dudes. Um, you know, what what could that look like? What could be some of the pushback on that? Totally. Um, well, I was I was you know terrified to talk about Jermaine Greer, but I'm glad that I yeah, did, yeah. you know. Yeah, and I'm glad you did too. Um, and, you know, I think there's another episode we did on uh, pedophilia at one point. Yes, yeah. That was, we had this discussion quite a lot. Well, I think, that, I think that episode's an interesting example because I think it didn't work because we were overly cautious. Yes, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's not one that I look back on as thinking of a, a great revelations but i think we probably were overly cautious of it yeah and that's a that's a kind of important reflection to have as well which you know is not to say we just like you know never second guess ourselves ever i think it's important to constantly second guess yourself yeah, yeah. um but to to have that be a, a constant process of reflection and, and iteration and and exploration but that's the that's the fine line isn't it right and there's a, there's a line that is being missed in a lot of political discourse today that you have to be looking to second guess yourself uh, but second guessing yourself doesn't mean always doesn't mean treading the you know f following the line of what the, totally what is, like what completely it, kind of 
deciding that you were wrong about everything. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. You and can so, second guess yourself and then go, actually, I stand by it. Yeah, or know? second guess yourself and say, no, I listen to your critiques and I agree. And I, I know I've been in a situation writing stuff um, all the time, multiple times where I've written something and someone said, oh, you know, this, this paragraph I completely disagreed with and these are the reasons why. And I go, oh, actually, maybe I just completely agree with you and that's fine. You know, being wrong is okay. Someone, you know, or being wrong in inverted commas or, you know, changing your mind is okay. We all change our minds um, and we have to have a political discourse that allows for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that can allow for uh, sort of growth in people's opinions or change in people's opinions uh, and can and it allow for a reflection on that and, and to think about why we why that might occur. Um, and I hope that we've actually done that. And it's nice that we do, you know, just thinking back where, you know, I was talking about family here, we started on the RuPaul's Drag Race episode we did in episode 15 and then we did a, a one later, later down the track around the Vixen and sort of returning back to these topics has actually been useful for us, I think, yes, in many ways. Yeah, I think so. Um, because we've been able to do that. You know, we haven't gone off, gone, you know, here's our topic, we're done with that now, tick it off, move on. Mm, you know, and mm. I think that's something... I mean, sometimes we've been worried about doing that as well. Like, you know, we don't want to repeat ourselves, but I think actually sometimes returning to topics is really valuable to be able to say, you know, actually here's how our opinions have changed. And yeah, that's okay. 100%. Yeah. Um, I was kind of looking at the, the trends in in topics over the, you know, 50 episodes that we've done. Uh, it was interesting to kind of well, try to identify trends, I, I suppose, and something that really stood out to me, which kind of ties in with... with uh, a question that we wanted to to, to look at about uh, what have what's changed in queer politics over the, the years that we've been doing this, and it, it's it's very very hard to, to go past the plebiscite as as just like dominating um, uh, queer politics at least in Australia in in that time for for really a, a lot of that period, both the kind of discussion around it, the the process of it, and the fallout from it, and now even you know we recently marked a year um, since that since the uh, since that ended and the, the yes vote came back. Uh, and I think particularly in the lead up to the campaign, we really, we really started to do a lot on like discourse in queer communities, a lot about like, um, what does it mean to frame ourselves as vulnerable? What does it mean to be able to disagree or not? Um, and I, I think that's both very telling in terms of what our preoccupations are and, and particularly were at that time. But I'm also glad that we could uh, contribute to the discourse around that in that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. And I think it's interesting because I think that whilst the publicity is, is an event that happened, I think that to me, at least in Australian politics, but I think it matches with a lot of international politics. So I'm thinking about how there's been responses to the election of Donald Trump, for example, which has happened across the similar time frame. Mm, yes. Uh, and uh, even and even the Brexit vote in the UK, which has had a similar sort of politics. Oh, God, yeah, that, that's all happened while we've been doing I know, this. I know. <laughs> that's crazy. Right? Um, but there's that, that sort of... These sorts of political events have had similar responses to them. Uh, you know, talking about... You know, I think one of my favourite episodes was uh, when we spoke about... I can't remember the number episode it was sorry I'm, I'm scanning through while we're doing this it's uh the one called weak queers yes where yeah we spoke about this sort of politics of, of vulnerability and i think that this is a dominant thing that, we're, that i'm seeing so there's been these p discrete political events but i think there's been changes um across the time of, of what the narrative is within a lot of queer politics mm, uh, mm. and i mean that that is to me that the vulnerability frame is is a core part of that but also this frame of things getting worse 
talk mm, with people has been mm. really interesting. Well, to both me. of those things have come up at this conference this week that I've that I've been at. Yeah, yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to hear that. Well, I mean, you know, like I, know I, like I, I suppose not in ways that would surprise you. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, and but it's I mean that came up. I first went. I mean, this is the homosexual, uh, the the uh, lesbian and gay archives. It's the same conference. You're yeah, right. I went yeah. to the homosexual histories conference two years ago. Yes, end of 2016, and and it, it came up then. This idea, you know, I, there was a there was a session I went to where um, people were talking about uh, sort of fun activism that happened in the 70s and 80s. And I asked a question of why why are we so serious now? Why do we seem to be so serious now? And someone said, well, we have more to lose now, which just seemed incredible to me, given mm. that in the 80s people were dying of AIDS. You know, like, yeah, and so there's some sort of turn in sort of the perspective that I think is occurring where there is a real turn to the negative, a real turn to pessimism about, a future, about the future, uh, which is interesting given, you know, a year ago, there was a massive vote in Australia that said where over 60% of people voted in favour of marriage equality, which would suggest a potential optimism, you know, mm, that things mm. are changing. Um, so I'm intrigued about that cha- that shift and why that's occurring. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I like I find this is, and this is now just kind of broadening out into into a topic that, that I'd, I'd love to um, return to in a future episode, but, but I find that dichotomy really fascinating because on one level, I think, you know, things are getting better in lots of ways, as, as we've talked about on the podcast, but like I also do think in other ways that things are getting worse. I mean, you know, we're killing the planet, for example. Like, that's just like a fucking bin fire. Um, uh, I shouldn't laugh at that. And, <laughs> no, but, yeah, no. What else can you do? Um, and, you know, like, inequality is increasing. Like, yeah, right. capitalism yeah, yeah. Is, is kind of just more and more difficult to imagine and end to. There are, there are lots of ways in which the world is getting worse, but they often don't feel like the th- the ways the ways that I would see the world is getting worse are not the things being articulated by yeah, these yeah. queer naysayers. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's and that's interesting. I think that's a really interesting thing that we should we should pencil down as a topic of the future. But I think it is a trend that looking back on we can see us discussing in previous episodes, but we haven't actually tackled that have we that that sort of that sort of question probably not so directly no. yeah yeah but i think it is certainly a trend that we've seen in the past three years as we were in recording and and you're right that a lot of the episode topics that we've touched on has sort of gone into that through different elements i mean the i mean the episode we did in the lead up to the plebiscite for example where we were talking about you know it was just after the vote no um, oh yes, the sky writing came across. Yes, this in was uh, brunching for equality. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know um, that I think you know. There's also the one I was just looking at now, episode twenty five, ballad of the ballad of the bigoted bakers. You know, the sort of uh, that was about the um, the boycott of Cooper's Brewery because they yes. had a debate about yes. same sex marriage, which seemed to be really interesting to me because it automatically framed any debate about same sex marriage as being inherently negative for queer people as a sort of a framework. Yes. And, you know, and so these sorts of things, I think, are, and it's come up recently around the religious freedom stuff in Australia where there's been real concerns about what the debate would look like. But there's a real negativity around the potential of debating queer issues now and sort of a fear that that will automatically lead to negative outcomes. And I think that that is a really interesting situ- thing that we've touched on many times Um but it, it, for me, it feels really odd because I think often when we debate queer issues, we actually end up with really positive outcomes for the community. And that's happened a lot in Australia in the last mm. year. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think that's a really interesting trend. What are we going to be talking about in three's time? 
In 50 episodes' time. In 50 episodes' time. Oh, gosh. I mean, this, potentially. I mean, I think that this is... I think that... You know, I, I, I fear sometimes that... Not because of us, but because of the way things are happening, that in three years' time we'll be discussing many of the same things in, different, in, in odd kinds of ways. Maybe same-sex marriage will be less of an issue, but a lot of these same themes will be propping, will be happening because I think that we're heading further and further down sort of the path of identity politics that you and I have reacted against a lot in the podcast. Um, but then maybe not. Maybe things will change. I don't know. It's really hard to, it's really hard to know. I feel like at points there's, there's points where some of this politics has to crack. You know, some of this identity politics has mm. to crack. But I don't mm. know whether that's, whether that's true or not. Maybe that's just me being hopeful. Because there's this increasing... I mean, in, in a lot of ways, it feels like there is less space for complexity than there has ever been. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's this sense now on, I mean, you know, it's so, it's hard because so much of this is relegated to social media and, you, you know, I'm critical or at least try to reflect on the relationship between that and the world. Obviously, social media is part of the world, but it does not con- constitute the world. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I frequently see these discussions on, particularly on Twitter, which, you know, why should, why no one should be on Twitter. It's a horrible place. Um, but as you say, as we've been tweeting all the past two days. Indeed. Yeah. What's good for conferences? Yeah. I, I increasingly see this narrative that you're kind of with us or against us, you know, that that things in the world are so bad that the kind of like anti-identity politics stuff that people rail against is so bad that if you are not actively fighting it, uh, then you're, killing people yeah like that's often Absolutely. literally what people say yeah no no <laughs> i completely know? agree and uh, and i think that and that's uh, you know and i'm increasingly seeing stuff that says that if you even critique identity politics you're now a neoliberal shrill like even a, a left-wing critique of that uh, and this is something that i'm seeing over and over it's again so weird which seems yeah paradoxical yes yeah and that and that you know that i think that discourse is getting worse and so i agree with you that the the potential for complexity is getting harder and harder uh, and I hope that maybe we can continue to provide that, maybe a, sp- a space for that. I think that there are other places that provide space for that, and I think that it would be good yeah, to yeah. engage with those more. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think that we'll probably be having similar dis- discussions, and not the same, obviously. You know, I want you to all keep listening and just, you know, <laughs> you're gonna, we're not repeating ourselves, but I think We're that, literally just going to republish the first 50 episodes yeah. starting next episode. <laughs> uh, not that first one or that terrible recording. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that a lot of this sort of stuff is going to keep happening, and I think it's going to be more important, actually, as we go along the track. And, you know, as you said, as the world does get shitter in many ways, to be having discussions about those sorts of things where the world is actually getting worse mm, and mm. to be to be talking about how we can change those things yeah let's fucking talk about climate change yeah. on the podcast i think i'd love to yeah absolutely me too it's why you know and another one of my favorite episodes uh, that we've published i was not involved in it at all but that we've um uh published was your interview with janet rice for that for that reason the green senator because you because you talked about some interesting um uh, points of solidarity around these really kind of existential issues. Yeah, know? yeah, and I think that maybe that's something... I mean, we've, we've talk, talked about this before, broadening the content, mm. uh, and I think that's something where we could go, and I think I'd love that in terms yeah, of... Yeah, broaden it even further. Yeah. yeah, broaden it even further. And I think we have done it. You know, I think some of the our later episodes have really sort of gone beyond sort of what we what we'd say narrow queer issues, um, but I think we could broaden it further because I think that the... I mean, a critique I have of identity politics is that it is get stuck in this sort of narrow identity base and we don't want to be those people. You know, we can actually yes, see yeah. queer perspectives on a whole range of issues and I think that's really important. Yeah. If you'd like to get in touch or make a comment, you can do so in a variety of ways. 
So we have an email address, which is queerspodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at queerspodcast. And now that we've launched it, please go to our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash queerspodcast. It's all queerspodcast. We're, we're remarkably consistent. Oh, it's such a, such nice that, it's so nice that we've been able to get that handle for everything that we've done. Yes. Uh, and uh, you can also follow us on our social media pages. I'm at Simon Copland on Twitter and at Simon Copland Writer on Facebook. And Ben is at Ben C. Riley on Twitter. The space that he hates. The, yes, I am still there. <laughs> uh, we have uh, the uh, entire 50 episode, well, 50, more than 50, given the interviews and extra bits and pieces up there. Archive is on our website, quizpodcast.com. Uh, subscribe to us wherever you get uh, podcasts. That might be Apple Podcasts, I think is what it's called. It's now. Apple Podcasts. Apple now, podcasts. Yeah. We need to change that in the script because I forget. Uh, or, you know, wherever else. Uh, if you do so, leave a review and, and rate us. That's always lovely to read uh, and uh, helps people find us. And now, I mean, now that we have 50 episodes, what a good time to maybe tell a friend who you think might enjoy the podcast about about it. Uh, we think that, you know, word of mouth is probably the best way to get the podcast out there. And if you like what we're saying, if you like the discussion that we're having, if you like the discussions that are happening on the Facebook and Twitter pages, um, tell some friends about them, recommend it, invite people to the pages. Uh, We'd really appreciate that. And hopefully we can build this community further and further of sort of this sort of more complex discourse that we can have around queer politics. Finally, thank you so, so, so much to everyone who listens to this show and supports us and shares us on social media and tells people about us. It is continually astonishing that anyone would want to listen to us rant about queer stuff. It's so lovely. Uh, I am frequently heartened by the the feedback that we get uh, about what we're doing. And, And if we didn't get that, if no one was listening, then we certainly wouldn't have made it this far. Thank you all very much. Melbourne's Podcast Network. EarbudsNetwork.com